to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app by searching for The Church at Bushland in your app store. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know how this ministry is impacting your life by emailing us at info at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so in our app or by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Good morning, everybody. How are y'all today? Happy Mother's Day. Some of y'all think, oh, I'm not a mother, I'm not coming. I'm so glad you came anyway. I believe that the Word of God is alive and active, and you know what? It doesn't matter what day it is. If your heart's right, you're going to get something out of it. Amen? Hey, y'all better start amening me, or I'll just amen myself. Okay? My name is Gina Forehand. I'm so honored to be here. I told some people it felt like coming home uh, because uh, we got to do a marriage conference with you guys not too long ago. And so I know so many of you from that and so many familiar faces. And, my, and I'm telling you, your pastor didn't pay me for this, but I'm telling you, you have a wonderful staff here. Um, and let me tell you something. They don't just teach the word, they live the word. Sometimes you don't find that everywhere we go. And so you're blessed, you're blessed, you're blessed. I hope you pray for your leaders. I hope you pray for the leaders of this church and that you bless them and that you honor them um, where God has placed them. They're important to this body, amen? All right. So today on this Mother's Day, I wanna ask if you have a first through sixth grader to raise your hand. If your clothes are on and they're not inside out, good for you. If you don't have snot, vomit, food, particles, or some kind of drawing utensil of a crayon or a magic marker on your body, good for you. You have made it today, right? We've arrived as mothers. I was lucky if my shoes matched. I was lucky. Listen, the church I went to, you came to church Oh, y'all are going to send me home early today. You came to church to make sure you looked good. Your your husband's tie needed to match your dress, and your children in their little holly hobby outfits, they needed to match your dress that matched your husband's tie. And you had a little bag, and that bag had a monogram on it, and inside it had anything you could bribe your children with, So they would be quiet, not out of reverence to God, but because you would look like a bad parent if your child didn't act right, okay? Anybody? My parents sang in the choir. I'm the middle of three girls, so I'm the middle demented one. (laughs) She would sit us on the front row. My mama had a look that could kill. Did your mama have a look? Like she didn't have to say a word, you just knew. She gave you the look and you're like, I am in so much trouble, right? So we're sitting on the front row and the pastor begins to read out of the scriptures and it talked about a donkey, but he didn't use the word donkey in his scripture. Well, it got us tickled. So my older sister's five years older. She was in the middle. I was on one side. My little sister was on the other and we got tickled. Now, have y'all ever gotten tickled in church and you can't recover? Like, 
You're trying as best you can. I've done it in a wedding. I did it in a funeral one time. I had to get up and leave. I mean, I just, you'll just get tickled and your tickle box gets turned upside down and it's over for you. Like you cannot recover. So I'm on the front row laughing hysterically. You know how you, you bend over and you just shaking. And I glance up to see what mama's doing, right? And she's not present. She's left the choir loft. And all of a sudden, this fear comes over me. Where is she? And all of a sudden, I hear, y'all, I thought it was my mama's choir robe, but it was her legs pantyhose. There was smoke coming out from under the choir robe. She beelined it down to the row, and she, look, eyebrows, finger long and bony. She came around that corner and she bent over at me and she goes, move over. I said, yes, ma'am. I moved over. She crossed her arms and she pinched me right there. Like that's going to make you be still people. Mom, that don't, that, all that makes you do is walk. Right? And she looked at me. She's don't you ever, did your mom ever give you that one? Don't you ever, or I'm going to tear you up. Y'all ever get that one? Was your mama true to her word? Because mine sure was, right? Mamas. What a gift. Sometimes it doesn't feel like much of a gift now, does it? I was in a small group one time and I said, hey guys, let's just see if we can name as mothers uh, just one thing that describes us as moms. So we're going around the room, and everybody's making these little descriptions, you know, and they're just sweet, just lacy and cute. And then this girl goes, I'll give you one. I feel like an ice dispenser. And I said, wait, I got, I got to hear this one now, okay? Tell me what you mean by that. And she said, well, you know, when you go to a, a, a hotel, and you need some ice, and you get your little bucket, and you go down there, but there's been some basketball or baseball, you know, team tournament, and they've gotten all the ice. Anyone out of the ice dispenser and you go down there and you push the little red button and you got your bucket under there and it starts going and then it goes it's one little like that's gonna that's gonna cool off some things right there right she said that's how I feel most of the time because all the time I feel like someone is putting a proverbial bucket up under me wanting something out of me and sometimes there's just nothing left to give I thought, wow, that's a pretty accurate description because so many of us in this room, we would say, you know, motherhood is not always too glamorous now, is it? I mean, folding laundry all the time, cooking meals, wiping behinds, changing diapers, doing schoolwork, and then they change it on you. And so now you're learning, right? Listen, we homeschooled our kids because we were on the road so much. We came into Missouri, and, um, and my son says, hey, Mom, we're going across the Mississippi. We're about to go over the Mississippi River. And I laughed and said, son, that's in the south. We get over the, 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 uh, the, the bridge. There's this big sign, Mississippi River. And my husband goes, hey, who's educating who? You shut up and drive. So sometimes motherhood is not all that glamorous. 
But I want you to know something about our God. Did you know, it's gonna mess with y'all. There is a mothering side of God. If we are created male and female in the likeness of God, in his image, that word's icon, then that means that if we're created in his image, there is a part of motherhood in God. There's a nurturing side of God. As a matter of fact, the Holy Spirit, I believe, is that nurturing side of the Trinity. He's a comforter. He's a counselor. He's a guide to all truth. Let me tell you one thing. See, that's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's name is the helper. Jesus said, it's a good thing I go away because the helper will come. Well, guess what? We are called in the Bible. In Genesis, God created man. He said, it's not good for man to be alone. I will make for him a helper, a helpmate. You, as women, as mothers, you get to be called uh, or, or uh, the same thing that was given to, to the Holy Spirit, the helper. Here, I'll even give you another one. Let me give you the scripture reference. In Exodus chapter 34, verse six, God speaks of himself. And he says, I, the Lord, am compassionate. I'm slow to anger, right? Abounding in love. That word compassion, it's, let me just say it. It's rachum, okay? Georgia, my daughter's here with me for Mother's Day. And she said, mom, are you gonna say that? It sounds like you're horking something up. I was like, that's just how they say it. Rachum, okay? Right, Make you feel, it does feel like you need to say that. Bless you. Um, so, so that word compassion is rachum. It actually is the, the Hebrew word for womb, So when God says, I'm a God of compassion, he is equating himself to a mother who tenderly loves their children. There is a mothering side to the Trinity. Isn't that beautiful? And so oftentimes, all we think of motherhood is, it's just a duty. It's just what we're supposed to do. These are the things, and this is what I'm supposed to do. And reality is, y'all, duties can become divine when God's presence and power gets on it. Everything we do can become divine when the power and the presence of God gets on it. That's why today, this is just as much about you men as it is as us women. Well, what are you doing? I, I came in my small group not too long ago. They're all Georgia's age. And I looked at them and I said, what are you doing with yourself? What are you doing? Because God sent you from heaven to this earth to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. What you doing? That, that ain't your pastor's job. I'm stepping on your shoes now. You're like, go, go back to Birmingham. Listen, listen, if you're sucking in air, there's a, you're here to bring the kingdom of God to earth. Amen? You're supposed to walk in the kingdom. You read the word of God because it teaches you kingdom. And then you live the kingdom out before people. Do you know what the kingdom looks like? Jesus came and and not only did he, they write it down for us, then he lived it out for you to show you it could be done. It's the kingdom, it's the kingdom. I I, I think about some things in the scriptures that that, that where there were duties that became divine. You You think about when God tells the disciples, I mean, Jesus tells the disciples, he goes, go get a donkey and a colt, untie it, it'll be tied to this pole and bring it to me. Okay, just a regular 
This is what you do. It's a duty. Well, it was also what Jesus rode in on in the triumphal entry. It became divine. Why? Because of the presence and the power of God. Hey, I want y'all to go up here to an upper room. And if the guy asks you, what are you doing it for? Just say it's for my Lord's reasons. He, he needs the room. And just go get that prepared. We're going to have dinner together. And it became the Lord's Supper. It became the very last supper he had with his, with his disciples. And he washed their feet. And he said, you'll be blessed if, I, if you do what I just did. I'm setting an example before you. A duty that became divine. All the disciples are sitting before the 5,000, right? And Jesus goes, hey, hey, disciples say, send them off. Uh, go get, let them get something to eat. And Jesus goes, no, you feed them. And they're like, with what? And then they go in duty to try to find it. And they come back and say, all we got is loaves and fish. And Jesus says, Lord, would you just bless this and feed your people? And suddenly it multiplies. See, duty became divine. You think about the disciples who Jesus, they're, they're on their way to Samaria. Jesus sends them off to get something to eat. And he's sitting by himself at a well just to rest. And he encounters the woman at the well. See, see, duty became divine. And today what I want to show you in the scriptures is that, that, um, that we as a group of people have an opportunity to see duties in the Bible that become divine. The word of God tells us in Exodus chapter 19, it says that all of us were created. God's plan for you and me was that we would be a kingdom of priests. Now, some of you may have been raised and been told the, the daddy is the priest of the home. I'm going to tell you something. That's not what the Word of God says. The Word of God said in Exodus that it was God's desire for all of us to be priests. It then says that Moses goes up on Mount Sinai to have a conversation with the Lord. How cool would that be, right? And, uh, and it, while he's up there, while he's up there, all the other people go crazy, right? And they, they want something to worship. They, so they throw in their rings and their earrings and they make a golden calf, you know? And I got so tickled because in my Bible, when he comes down, he says, Aaron, what is going on right here? And he goes, well, I don't know. We just kind of threw, and there it was, boof. So they're worshiping this golden calf and Moses goes, all right, we're not doing that. We're worshiping the one true God who's with me. And all the Levites say, we're with you. And so they're made priests. Now, why is that important for us? Because we're going to see what the duties of a priest were and how that applies to you and I and how they can become divine. Because in 1 Peter, if you've got your Bible, the scripture tells us, I want to read this to you, that you are a priest. That when you come to know Jesus as Savior and Lord of your life, the Bible says he is our high priest. It actually says he's a high priest in the order of Melchizedek. Have you ever seen that? And you're like, who the heck is that, right? Well, Melchizedek was a king and a priest. There was, that usually did not happen. So why was Jesus in that order? Because Jesus is king and he was also a priest. So Jesus came as your high priest. He went in one time. He made the ultimate sacrifice for you and I for our sin, made that payment, died for you. Amen? Listen, he didn't just die for you. He died as you. I am crucified with Christ. You're dead. 
If anybody told you today, happy Mother's Day, you're dead. I'm crucified with Christ. I don't live any, anymore that way, right? I'm crucified. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. It's Christ that lives in me. See, see I, when you died, you died with Christ, and then he raised us up to new life. And it's his spirit that lives in you today. Amen? Uh, the scripture tells me in 1 Corinthians 6, 19, do you not know you're a temple of the Holy Spirit? That's why I say to people all the time, you best be careful how you speak and treat other people. They're a housing of the Holy Spirit. They're not your wife. They're not your husband. They're not your children. They're not your friends. They're not your enemies. If they know Jesus, they are the housing of the Holy Spirit, and you better be careful how you treat the house. Amen or oh me? Y'all like, send her away back to Birmingham. So let's read this. First Peter chapter 2, I'm going to read verse 5 to you. It says this, You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Verse 9, You are a chosen people a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Ooh, Jesus wants me to stop and tell you. Listen, you, you, you want anointing? How holy are you? You want to see the Spirit of God do some things in you and through you? How holy are you? The Bible says, you who are holy are being made holy. Am I holy or am I being made holy? Yes. Before God, because of Jesus, you stand before God as holy and righteous as Billy Graham. Amen? And you're like, well, I don't feel like it's because your practice hadn't matched up yet to your position. That's why he says you're holy positionally in heaven, but you're not holy in your practice. That's why I sent the Holy Spirit to help you do it. Amen? Woo! You, all right, now. You're a holy uh, nation. We want the oil, but we don't want to be crushed. We want the anointing, but we don't want to be holy. How holy, how, how much anointing you want to be? How holy you want to be? What does holy mean? Set yourself aside for God. Consecrate your life. Your eyes, oh, Jesus, your eyes are the window to your soul. The Bible says this is a gate. Somebody in this room needs to hear me today. Uh, you, you, you've been looking at stuff and letting it get into your soul, and it doesn't need to be there. I don't know who that's for. That was not in the first service. So whoever that was for, receive that from the Lord. He's speaking to you. And listen, he is not calling you out. He's calling you up. He has so much more for you. God doesn't call us out. He calls us up. Because he sees the end from the beginning. He sees how he made you and his plans for you. And he, then he works backwards. Woo! I'm giving some nuggets here. I hope somebody's getting something. All right. So when we go to Deuteronomy, because I know y'all all frequent that. I've never heard somebody say my favorite book of the Bible is Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy, a repeating of the law. We go to Deuteronomy and it tells us, okay, if I because of Jesus, have become a holy priesthood, what does that look like? What does that mean to be a priest? Well, I'm glad you asked me. I'm going to tell you because they, they wrote it down for us right here in the Word. 
Deuteronomy chapter 10, in verse 8, it says this. At that time, the Lord set apart, that's holy, set apart the tribe of Levi, Levi means to join, uh, the tribe of Levi to carry the ark of the covenant of the Lord, to stand before the Lord and minister, and to pronounce blessings in his name. Those were the three duties of a priest. Now, let's talk about those three duties and how they can become divine. That word divine actually means, uh, is, is, uh, is theosis, and it actually means, or theosis, it actually means the Trinity. So anything becomes divine when the power and the presence of the Trinity, when it begins to resemble them, that's divine. So you take these three duties of a priest. The first one was they got to carry the Ark of the Covenant wherever they went. The Ark of the Covenant was the presence of God. If you know Jesus as Savior and Lord of your life, the Holy Spirit was deposited in you, Ephesians chapter 1. The Holy Spirit lives in you. You are a housing of the Holy Spirit, which means wherever you go, you are carrying the presence of God. You're a priest. Now, it's one thing to know that. I carry the presence of God wherever I go. It's another thing to recognize that and ask the power and the presence of God to be on that. That means, Mama, when you go wake up your children in the morning, uh, you get to carry the presence of God to them. I double-dog dare you, every one of you this week, wherever you go, whatever conversation you're in, bring the name of Jesus in it. Scorn, bring the, he's already in you. He's going to be a part of your conversation whether you want him to or not. And if you're really walking with him, when you start going down a road in conversation that you don't need to go on, he'll let you know. You're the housing of the Holy Spirit. Wherever you go, you get to carry the presence of God. You get to carry it into your workplace. You get to carry it into the restaurants you go and eat on today. Do you know how easy, I went to Jason's Deli with Amber Hill and the Holy Spirit quickened me and said, ask the little girl that brought you your food how you can pray for her today. And so I just went, hey, we're about to bless this food. Uh, Is there anything we can pray for you about? And she said, yeah, as a matter of fact, my grandfather has cancer and he's not doing real well. I was like, Lord, I just pray right now, there's such a healing that comes over his body that she, it cannot be explained by any other way but that the miraculous hand of God healed her, healed him. And she's blown away by it. And she understands, man, there is a God who knows me, who sees me, who hears me, and who answers. Call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will hear you, and I will answer you, and I will share with you things nobody else knows about. That's what the Word says. You're just bringing Jesus into it. Amen? That's what we get to do as priests. Not, not only do we, did they carry the Ark of the Covenant, and when God's presence and power is on it, we get to carry the presence of God wherever we go. But it also says that they ministered to God. They ministered to God. Now, I'm going to say something, and some of y'all aren't going to like me, and that's okay, because it's more important to me that you hear truth. Worship is not about you. 
This moment in time right now is not about you. Worship is for God. People come to church. Gimme, give gimme, give my name is Jimmy. Tell me something I don't know. Give me a little Hebrew word, a little learned earth so I can know more. Look, look, look. We, we know more than the, than, than the ones who wrote this Bible. It ain't about knowing, it's about knowing. I know him because I've experienced him, amen? We don't come in here and sing those songs and it means nothing to us. I believe when the scripture in John chapter four says, we worship in spirit and in truth, it means that not only am I singing these words and I believe them is true, but I mean it with every ounce of my being. All I have is a holly. I sure hope he finishes this song. I'm ready to sit down. My legs are tired. For real? All I got is because of your good grace for me. It's all I got. And the best I can do is what I'm giving you today. Because you're a good God and you've saved my soul. Amen? Come on. You look in the book of Esther. Esther's a young girl. Esther's about to be paraded like all the others in, in, in case she gets picked to be the king's queen. Esther could have gone in and jeweled up. She could have all kinds. Of, she, she could have picked whatever she wanted to as a gift to the king. You know what she did? She went to the head of the harem, who was a right-hand man to the king, and she said, what would the king desire? T tell me what would please the king. Did you know when you come into worship, we're here to worship and praise the king of kings and lord of lords. What if when you worshiped, you just said, Lord, Lord, how, what do you want? What's the desire of the king today? How can I bless you best with my worship? Worship is not about you. It's not about the songs. It's not about what's taught. It's about, I am here, Lord, to bless you. And some of you are like, well, that pastor, he just, you know, give me something new, man. Give me something new. Let me tell you something. If you're spending time with the Lord all week long, you don't have, it don't even matter what the pastor says. It doesn't even matter what the music is. You're just here to bless him for the way he's blessed you all week long. The problem is, can I say it in love? The problem is we don't spend any time with Jesus during the week. And so we're so malnutritioned that we get in here and say, come on, y'all. Fill me up, and it's got to last me through the next Sunday. No, no, no. That was never how it was supposed to be. You're supposed to be big, fat babies when you come in here. Filled with all that the Lord has done for you, and you're just here to go, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your grace, and you've had such mercy for me, over me. Thank you, Lord. I'm just here to bless you. What does the king desire out of me? He's told me to take my shoes off sometimes because I'm on holy ground. He's told me to lay down on the floor. Hey, you you want to talk about arguing with the Lord? I'm like, oh, really? Like, these people are going to think I'm crazy. Oh, okay, are you, are you more interested in, in, in pleasing man or pleasing God? Because if you please man, it's a snare to you. That's what the word says. Hey, listen, my husband 
is a big Alabama fan, which makes me by proxy a big Alabama fan, okay? Which means the whole rest of our family are big Alabama. You're just not invited over if you're not. Listen, if I get more excited about a bunch of 18 to 20-year-old football players running a pigskin across the line for a touchdown than I do the Jesus who saved my soul, we got something wrong with us. We got some things out of balance. You're a priest. You're a priest. You're a priest. And you're here to minister to God. What does my king desire? I told the first service that, how does this look as a mom? <laughs> you, know, you, you know what I'm learning in my life? You talk about what consumes you. Have you ever noticed that? You talk about what consumes you. My son, Cole, uh, started dating a girl in college. And we hadn't met her yet. So she was coming over to the house to eat. And he said, oh, mom, Kelsey's coming. Kelsey, 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 Kelsey. And you need to cook her lasagna. She loves lasagna. Kelsey loves lasagna. Cook her lasagna. And if you're buying her something, make sure it's blue because that's her favorite color. Kelsey, Kelsey, Kelsey. I was like, I don't even like her. I mean, I don't even know her, but she's obnoxious already. Kelsey, Kelsey, Kelsey. You know what I learned from that? He talked about it because he was consumed with her. Listen, listen mamas. Listen, daddies. Listen, priests. You talk about what you're consumed with. You consume yourself with the word of God and watch it just come out of your mouth. I told the first service, I, you, you, you'll be making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and go, oh, the Lord says he sticks closer than a brother. Jesus is the bread of life. Woo! He counts all the hairs on your head. They're numbered, right? It's just in you. It just comes out because you're consumed with Jesus. That's how it looks. Uh, before Georgia was born, we had an extra room in our house. And so when Cole went down for a nap, I would go in there and, uh, and I would just worship the Lord. And so I, one day I was on my knees and I was just had my eyes closed and I was just worshiping the Lord. And have y'all ever had that moment in time where like somebody's beside you and you know it, but your eyes are closed, you just kind of feel their presence. Have you ever had that? Moms, have you ever been asleep, in, like in a dead sleep? And all of a sudden, there's a presence. You feel, and you open up, and your child's just standing there like this. <laughs> like right here in your face. It's just the freakiest thing. Mom, can I get in the bed with you? You scared me to death. Absolutely. So, so I'm, I'm worshiping. I'm on my knees. I'm just worshiping the Lord. And all of a sudden, I feel this presence beside me. And I peek over, and Cole is on his knees. See, see, your children are going to minister to God the way you minister to God. We use scriptures in the Bible like, what you do in moderation, they'll do in excess, and we use it as a negative. Or, or what you sow, you'll reap in a negative. Let me tell you something. You sow the things of God into your family, and you watch what you reap. What you do, how you worship God in moderation, they will worship him in excess. Hallelujah. That's how it looks, Mama. Put worship music on in your house and watch the atmosphere change in your house. When I was growing up, my mama, when I got in trouble, I got in trouble a lot, okay? 
um, uh, uh, when 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 uh, I got in trouble, my mama made me get my own switch. Anybody go go had to pull your own switch off? Whew. And I always tried to get some limp one, and those hurt the worst. Stung like you wouldn't believe it. And she liked to speak to you when she whipped you. Don't you ever? And you were like, just make your sentence short, because you just. And you walked with her, you know, you walked with her, just trying to get away from her, right? My mama was a worshiper. But when, when I got in trouble, she'd send me to the, my room. We had a long hallway. I was, I'm from Albany, Georgia, and all, there, no basements. It's just a long, it's a long house. And so we, she would come down the hallway, and when she came down the hallway, I'd hear her go, Jesus! I was like, I am in trouble. She's calling out to Jesus. So as I got older, I said, Mom, why did you do that? And she goes, because at the name of Jesus, the devil has to flee, and I thought I was going to kill you. That's why, that's why I said. <laughs> Ask my children. We, we had a paddle in our house. Don't call DHR on me. We had a paddle in our house. It was called the coach. Because the Bible says, train up your child. So if your child's in training, they need a coach. Hallelujah. Bible in Proverbs says, beat them for they shall not die. Okay. So I'm just kidding. So, um, so, so my children's rooms were upstairs. And I would say, mm, disobedience brings consequences. Obedience brings blessings. And so... You go to your room, I'm going to bring the coach. I'd start up those stairs. Well, Georgia was the one that walked in the whole time she's walking up the stairs. She's going, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah, you're going to be sorry. Right? She also, we got this big box and it had packing peanuts all in it. I get to tell on you because I'm up here and you're not. And so she had this big thing of packing peanuts. And so I love to play with my children. And can I just say this to you women? I don't care, nor does anybody else. I'm giving you freedom. You can have a messy house. I don't care if your husband, sorry husbands. Because when my husband and I were married eight years, divorced, God put our family back together. And there was a season where we had joint custody almost two years with our children. He got them one week, then I got them one week. And I used to have a house that was so spotless you could lick off my floor until I didn't have my children for seven days. And for some reason, when I got my children for those seven days, I sat in the floor and I played with my children and we ate and left crumbs all over the floor and had a great time because it was more important for me to be in relationship with my children than to put out some reputation that I thought everybody, that I needed to measure up to. So free, be free, Okay. Use Lysol, but be free. <laughs> so Georgia is playing. I got in the packing. I got in the box with her, and we're playing the packing peanuts, and they're stuck all over you, you know, because of the static. And we're just laughing and having a good time. And I said, "Oh, girl, it's time to go. We got to go." And I said, "No, we're gonna clean these up." She said, "No." I know y'all have never had a child. I tell you no. And I said, "Excuse me." And she said, yeah, no, I'm, we're not cleaning that up. Yeah, no. And I said, hey, you get to choose right now if you're going to be obedient or if you're going to be disobedient and get the coach. 
And my daughter at three years old went just like this. Hmm. I think I'll take that spanking. Don't hit me too hard. Aren't y'all thankful she can walk today? But I got that paddle and I, the coach, and I started up those stairs, y'all, and I did what my mama does because what you do in my, your parents do in moderation, you do in excess, and I yelled at the top of my lungs, Jesus! We bring in the present. You are a priest. You get to bring in the presence of God. You get to speak his name. You get to worship him in spirit and in truth. And they get to watch you from the sideline. And then they get to enter in and do the same. And then the third one is this. They got to bless people. I told this first service, uh, there's three things that I think in Christendom and in the world today, in society today that we've lost. The first one is consideration. I don't think we consider each other very much. I don't think people are considerate of one another. I don't see people opening doors for one another, helping somebody pick something up if they drop it. Most of the time we keep going and go, hey, you dropped your keys. I don't see, I don't see, now that I'm 55, I like, instead of old people, I like seasoned. So so I don't see a lot of seasoned people who who come in a room and it's packed and seeing younger people jump up and say, come take my seat. I'm going to sit on the floor because you deserve a place of honor. I I don't see people considering how their actions affect somebody else because we're so self-centered. And yet one of the the primary characteristics of followers of Jesus is that we're selfless. The Bible says in Philippians, do not look on to your own interests, but look to the interest of others. You're considering others ahead of yourself. So so I think we've lost just being, just sheer considerate for one another. Here's the other thing that I think, we've lost the gift of honor. The Bible talks so much about honoring one another. What what does that mean? It means that I see Christ-like characteristics in you that are here to edify the body. Every one of you have giftings that are here to edify this body. The purpose of the church is that we'll all become mature in unity in the faith. So you all have gifts, and we need to honor one another. Do you honor your pastor? Do you honor your pastor's wife? Do you honor your leadership in this church? They deserve honor. Honor your father and mother that it may go well with you. Has it ever not gone too well for you, children? Right? It's not going so well, is it? No, it's not. Maybe it's because we've forgotten to honor your parents. But this word blessing, that's the the third one we've missed. The gift of blessing other people. And blessing is not just making people feel good. I think we think blessing means that we're just here to make somebody feel good. And yes, we are to encourage one another. It says that in Hebrews, encourage one another while it's still called today. But blessing is I am speaking value into you that changes the trajectory of your life so that you can fulfill the purpose for which God made you. 
It's your destiny. I'm calling forth your destiny. God doesn't call you out. He calls you up. But I'm afraid what's happened in the church today is we're so busy calling people out that we never call them up. If you're here on this earth, you have seeds of greatness in you that God put in you and you have a purpose to fulfill until you take your last breath. Amen? So figure out what it is. And do it with all your heart. So in place, you'll ever be happy, fulfilled, and free. The power, the gift of blessing. When Georgia and Cole turned 16 years old, our family sat them in what I call the hot seat, a chair, in my house. We laid our hands on them. We showed them affection. We've gotten that so screwed up because of sexuality that we're not huggy people anymore. Listen, my mama would just as soon lick you as kiss you. She was a huggy, kissy person. Look, we, we ought to show appropriate affection to one another. When you bless somebody, you put your hands on them. You say, may all the power of heaven reach it down and touch this person because they're blessed, they're blessed, they're blessed. When you see something in them, man, you'd be such a good blah, 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 whatever. Speak it into their life. Sometimes we don't see people the way they see us, right? And we want somebody to speak that into our life. That's blessing. It's blessing. You're attaching value to them by the way you bless them. I have a three-year-old grandson. That's when you're supposed to gasp and go, you don't look like you could have a grandchild. Um, three years old. Three years old. His name is Walter. It means leader of an army. And I adore him. And he calls me honey. And if you would like to see a picture of him, I have about 400 on my phone. But every time I see Walter, the Lord just put this on me. I do it all the time. Every time he lays down for a nap, right after he gets up, I put my hand on his back, get my hand on his chest. And I say, Walter, you are kind and you are smart and you are brave, and you're a warrior of the kingdom, and you are, and he goes, important. (laughs) You know why I do that? Because there's going to be a world, y'all. There's going to be a group of people, and he's going to go off to school, or he's, and people are going to tell him the opposite of those things. They're going to make him feel like he's not important, that he doesn't have an anointed destiny and purpose for his life. And I want him to walk in places and somebody go, you're, you're dumb. And he's going to go, no, I am not. I'm smart. And I'm courageous. I'm brave. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm a warrior. And I'm important. That's blessing. And you as a priest get to do that. When the power and the presence of God gets on a duty, it becomes divine. Let me read this for y'all. A baby asked God, I heard I'm going to earth tomorrow, but how am I going to live there being so small and helpless? And God said, oh, a beautiful angel is going to carry you with compassion and take care of you. But, but, but I'll be sad because I will not see you. And God said, but your angel's going to always talk about me. And she'll teach you all about how to get back to me, even though I'll always be close. But, but here in heaven, I sing and smile, and I'm happy. Oh, but your angel's going to sing for you and smile at you, and, and you'll know such deep love, and it's going to make you happy. Y'all, that's, that's compassion. That's womb. That, that's, that's presence. 
But, but, but what if I, what if I want to talk to you? Oh, that beautiful angel's going to teach you how to put your hands together and talk to me and say, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. That's ministry. But, but how will I know what to do? Oh, your angel's going to tell you the most beautiful, sweet words and is going to encourage you to say what I've asked all the disciples to say, follow me. Isn't that beautiful? It's a blessing. And as the baby heads to earth, he turns around and he says, hey, God, what do I call my angel? And God said, just call her mother. Just call her mother. To you in this room, whether you have a physical baby or not, God gave you a womb. He calls you a daughter of Eve. Eve means life giver. And he, listen, you're not a body who happens to have a spirit. You're a spirit who happens to have a body. God is more concerned with you being a spiritual mama than he is a physical. Do I need to say that again? You gray-haired ladies, that means you got wisdom. Or you color it and no one knows. Women, gray-haired ladies, yeah, you've done Bible studies and you've led this and you've wiped babies' behinds in the nursery and all, you are not done. There are women who need you in this church. They need your wisdom. Don't think you have nothing to offer. You have much to offer the kingdom. If not, you wouldn't still be here. He'd take you on home. Women, you have a womb because God's given you his mothering heart. So wherever you are, if you're a woman in this room, if you're a female, I want you to stand. I want you to stand. I want to bless you. Can I do that today? I just want to bless you today. Okay, for the young ones in this room, I want to bless you to understand the sacredness of your womb. That it is a gift from God that you've received. Hold it safe and sacred. Not anybody gets to enter in. It's the holy place. So I bless you understanding the sacredness of your womb. For the girl in this room who didn't even want to come today, because she has not been able to have children. I'm speaking to you today. I'm blessing you right now in the name of Jesus that the baby that's in your heart will soon be in your arms. I'm blessing you with that today. I believe he can do it. For the woman right now who is worn slap out with her children, there is a God who says he supplies all our needs according to his great riches through Christ Jesus. And I bless you with you have a partner. He is the alongsider. He is the paraclete. He comes right beside you and helps you, amen? So that you can then help your children. So I just bless you with a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit to come alongside and help you as you parent your children. I bless you with discernment and understanding that if it's your gut, that's the Holy Spirit. If your gut says, call your child and find out where she is, that's the Holy Spirit. Step into that. I bless you with a love for the word of God because what your children need out of their mouth is not you as much calling them out, although that's part of it. Call them up. Tell them who they are. 
You don't ever have to tell your children what not to do if you tell them who they are. Because if they know who they are, they're like, I ain't doing that. That's not a part of it. That's not who I am. What if we just spend, I bless you to spend your time speaking the truth over your children. I bless you to make a mess in your house with your children and enjoy every minute of it. Grandmamas, make a mess with your children. Take icing and rub it in their face. I bless you to laugh with your children. Would you just laugh again with your children? The Bible says it's like good medicine. So I bless you with that. I bless you older women right now that the Holy Spirit would give you names of women in, this, in your community, in your neighborhood, or in this church who you need to mentor. I never saw a single place in the Bible where someone came to Jesus and said, hey, can I follow you? Jesus went to them and said, follow me. So you who are seasoned, who have wisdom that you don't even realize you have that is so needed. I bless you right now that, that, that the Lord, the Holy Spirit would give you women that you would go and say, hey, can I mentor you? Can we meet once a week? I'd just love to pour, my, pour myself into you. And I'm gonna tell you, uh, if, 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 if uh, they will say yes, they will. So Father God, I thank you for every woman standing in this room right now. And I do honor them for countless nights that they lose sleep, for the times when they, Jesus, when they get beside their beds, on their knees, praying for their children, and no one sees it, for the hours that they stay up and do projects at school with their kids, for, for the times that they cook meals when they're exhausted. when they feel like an ice dispenser and they have nothing to give. I bless them today with a fresh filling of your truth, with a fresh filling of your spirit, that they would know you are right beside them, helping them every step of the way. And God, that what they are doing is the most primary and beautiful gift. And that is pouring in to another warrior or princess warrior for the kingdom. So may they understand it as the highest calling and not be ashamed of it or minimize it. It's the high calling. It's the high calling. And Father, above all, might we be, you say in your word, but I could not find, Paul said, I can't find any spiritual fathers. God, God, may we be spiritual mothers who genuinely carry your presence, who minister to you in spirit and in truth and who bless others with your truth. We love you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We thank you for mothers. I thank you for my mama. I love my mama. I thank you for her. I pray your blessings on her today. We tell you we love you, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast from the Church at Bushland. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram by using the Church at Bushland. We are all about people because God is all about people. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference.